Uh. That's right. Yeah. You know what? Now it's for everybody else. <laughs> nice. Here we go. Nice. Yeah, for a moment there, it was just for us. Yeah. Awesome. That's how you know. As it should be. It's episode four. It's the selfish episode. It's the one where we indulge extra because four is uh, the same word as death in Chinese. So it's super unlucky. Oh, yeah. That's why like four is a very superstitious number. It is. It's uh, not something we fear, though. In fact, we're stoked to make this the... uh, well, I was going to say the death episode, but that was totally a couple episodes ago. Yeah. So that's why I gave myself four fingers. That four finger discount. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you give yourself four fingers? Wait, that's that went south quickly in my head. Okay. It's pretty easy, man. I can show you. Did I mention that this is Greasy Conversation? The talk show where we investigate dank news with science, animals, uh, psychology... And Florida man, and what's what's going on in Arizona specifically? All <laughs> Only these those things. two states. Yeah. Those are the only ones we really care about. Yeah. You might have noticed the LED screen is back. Uh, you all missed your opportunity when I was sad and said anyone could just have it because it wasn't working. <laughs> it's because, working. Yeah, it's working fine. Psych. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it just didn't like the laptop I had hooked to it, and I never got around to. The, there's a Raspberry Pi in there. I need to reprogram it. And I forgot how I programmed it in the first place. So I made insufficient documentation is another lesson for you all. Oh, I thought I could do this with the coat, but it's <laughs> not working. All right. Greg, why don't you holler us into the... Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Wait, oh, wait for it. All right. Uh, <sighs> All right. You know what I mean. Yeah. There we go. That's the most professional removing of a jacket on air. Oh, yeah. I think anyone's ever done. Totally. Anyone. You guys witnessed it. All right. I'm going to start with this, uh, this COVID-19 5G chip diagram that's been making the rounds. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Before we tell you, uh, try to guess what this diagram is really of, and we'll drop hints. For you radio folk, too, on RadioVegas.rocks, where you should click on the banners to help us keep the lights illuminated. Yeah, so it's got, it says COVID-19 5G chip diagram, and it's got labels such as M2, MT2 gain, treble bass, uh, <laughs> volume, foot switch, in, out. And then there's one just in the middle, just this 5G frequency. And this has been... I think it was like making the rounds in uh, Italy on Twitter. People were sharing this as like proof of some uh, secret microchip that's going in the vaccines to give us all COVID-19 or mind control us or whatever the fuck. Because who knows anymore? (laughs) Um, I don't know. Someone's got a lot of trust in microchips. Yeah, man. So it turns out it's just a chip diagram for... A boss metal zone foot pedal. <laughs> yeah, the old MT2 guitarist hollow. Yeah, I've, I've got two of these in a drawer. Yeah. In various states of broken or not. Yeah, I'll hack them too. Like one of them has wires coming out of it to go to uh, different 
LEDs. See, there's a somewhere on here. See if I can point out. There's two diodes right here, actually. I don't think you have a way of seeing it, but look, I'm pointing to it with this corner of this image. Those back, we call back-to-back -back diodes, face in one direction, face in the other. That uh, you can replace those with LEDs or put other types of diodes in there to change the sound. They cause the clipping of the top and the bottom of the waveform, which is part of what causes the distortion. Now in this uh, spot that says 5G frequency, did someone, what, what should be there? I'm curious, well, if there's anything. there's a frequency knob there because the, uh, on, okay. the, on the middle knob, you can change the, what am I trying to say? The center frequency that it, you actually add to or remove from. And that's what, what that knob does. It, but I don't know if they added 5G or if it's just uh, was already on the schematic to... Um, like point to somewhere else or like mention something or yeah, i would imagine of, they like just added the 5g to the frequency I'm, I'm not seeing it on the thing is part of why i'm like stalling on that where is the, where did they add this oh it's on like the bottom section <laughs> oh, oh, next I need to the to treble yeah oh, like okay. the middle <laughs> that's so funny yeah i mean like it's a number in one letter. It's going to show up all over the place randomly. Yeah, that's true. That could be true. <laughs> yeah, it just goes to... I mean, I'm sure someone made this as like, oh man, the suckers are going to eat this up because of course. And it's just, man. But like... <laughs> it's so funny because like, I can't believe someone would just take that bit of... Like be so stuck in confirmation bias mode. Partly that we don't teach this is even a thing, that you want to confirm stuff that you already think is a thing. Yeah. But, like, there's CRISPR where you can, like, edit DNA, and you're, like, more concerned about, uh, like, these part numbers of chips that any one of them you could Google and, like, audio would be in the first sentence. Yeah. Like, what are all these audio components doing? Or you could just, lay, just slap on COVID-19 uh, 5G chip diagram confidential or look at it long enough to see that it has trouble and bass on it yeah <laughs> like man it just trips me out and like how small are these chips they're gonna fit in vaccines that's what i want to know i'm like do we have that technology right now yeah and why just a chip instead of like a whole robot like we have tiny robots they don't do much they just yeah. flail their arms but like yeah. if we are if we have the technology to make these like microscopic chips that like give you illnesses <laughs> like why don't we just build why, don't, why does the government just build little nano machines that like control you and make you buy all the shit they want and give you all your tax give them all your tax dollars the biggest like, thing that i find reassuring about craziness like this is the fact that you uh you make more money for everybody when you're healthy like the except for like certain drug situations where like you uh are healthy but dependent on a chemical. Yeah. And that makes some people money. That's a thing. But other than that, like to be to be bedridden doesn't doesn't help the economy at all. So there's no one as you go up yeah. that's like it's not gonna on benefit, that. yeah. Uh only as like a government cash grab or like distributing government money. Uh, that's the only way to like, to profit off something like this. And even like with medicines, like there's always that idea of a conspiracy to like keep people sick so they keep taking medicine all the time and it's like we've already had proof that pharmaceutical companies like i mean not, not proof that they don't do that they could i don't know but it's more like they'll just 
radically increase the price of drugs that people <laughs> need to live. Like that's the, that's the thing, and that's pretty. That's already something the, bad that is done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like they're just gonna like. I mean, it would probably be way more work to keep people or like not do research and development to cure certain illnesses than it is just like astronomically raise prices on drugs that are people need. You know, like, yeah, that's way easier. And how it was just cool to just kind of stall on SNRI and. I M E I. That's not. I mean, not high number. I mean, uh, you know, serotonin stuff like Celexa and Lexapro and Buspar and Buspirone. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than like look into psychedelics that recently have been shown to treat those same things more permanently with less uh, dependence on the medication. Yeah, yeah. In fact, maybe I'm segueing. You decide. You be the decider. <laughs> but we have an article on a medication situation for uh, treating, what am I trying to say? Addiction with, or other therapeutic effects that psychedelics do without causing hallucinations. Yeah, this was a... You can get the milk without the cow here, mentally, mental milk. Yeah, I'm trying to find it now. I forgot where I put it. It's It's a couple fellows down. On the news doc, which you can go to greasyconversation.com and, and look at our news notes along with us. Yeah, this is interesting. I guess they're starting to do research on this, but it's a chemical called ibogaine. Um, I wasn't aware that it was like a type of psychedelic, but apparently it's not like a classical psychedelic that causes hallucinations. But it's actually really effective for addiction and actually uh william s burroughs who's like king junkie of the universe for all time (laughs) uh he actually wrote about this um he wrote like a series of essays on a bunch of different drugs trying with a the intent to have like doctors look at it seriously um and he he was actually a really smart dude and uh was really clinical about his observations about his own drug use but he wrote about ibogaine and he said that it was like the only thing that got rid of um, heroin cravings and withdrawal effects like really, really quickly, like within a week or like flushed all of it out of his body. It's no joke what it can connect to. In fact, there's a, a part of the brain that when they put some people on psychedelics and put them through an MRI machine... They expect it to light up everything and have all Mm -hmm. these things communicate that don't normally. But one part kind of went to sleep, and that's what's considered the part that is the ego or the uh, all of the associations of like your identity Mm -hmm. in such a way that you can step out of yourself and look at cycles of behavior. Like I keep doing this, and it's not working for me, and criticize that, and then come back from the experience with that understanding that you just couldn't see when you had the lens of that behavior in front of your eyes, where you would still sometimes justify something you were doing uh, negative in just a loop until you're able to step out of that. And that's a promise that's like a permanent cure in some ways. Yeah, sometimes it can be like permanent or very long term, but it's almost like, yeah, it removes that lens of like rationalizing your behavior yeah you know which is like really easy to do while you're in it but if you can 
This also makes it dangerous to do if you're not ready and unsupervised and, and without good like vetting and interview beforehand. And there's just all kinds of benefits that this could be and all kinds of risks too without like a proper shaman. Yeah, totally. And there's medical professionals studying to be that kind of shaman situation now. And it's such a exciting relief because I've, I've had this exact thing work. Like I've gotten over uh, drug addictions with hallucinogens before. Yeah. And I've used hallucinogens probably like a couple times a year to do some mental cleaning, like re-aiming. Like cleaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And figuring out like what I want and uh, who I am and such. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a regular process. So it's one of those things where it's worth coming back to, but it's not something I have to do every morning. Yeah. Although there is an argument for people microdosing and doing a little bit of uh, psilocybin every day, and I ain't against it, but it does bother me when someone is just uh, tripping too badly to do something and blames, like, and just keeps saying microdosing while they're, like, <laughs> they're falling like, over. Say they're microdosing, yeah. but they're, like, taking, like, a, a gram and a half. Yeah, when they're just straight up dosing, it's... <laughs> And I feel both annoyed and left out and like, uh, like we, we, we got to do this thing that we're working on. <laughs> that was more, that was the whole reason you did this. And has that, has that actually happened to you? Yes. A couple times. Oh my God. With, with, uh, uh, like not even just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, not where it was me doing that, where I was trying to work with someone that like. Kept just dosing. Yeah. they microdosing. Just took the microdosing too far. And it was like, no, this is like not workplace compatible uh journeying into the mind yeah <laughs> you just you timed this badly yeah so set and setting yeah and there's even like guides for microdosing, and you're supposed to do like a certain number of days on and off with a certain amount each day so it should be like carefully measured there's like a proper way to do that absolutely and if and, you're not and you can like wean your way in too Boy, I, I have to thank you all for hella hollering in the chat. Holler out to Australia. We've got a couple of you folks over there that we love. I know, John, you're back. You're not in Australia anymore, but I'm just going to bring up Australia. Shout out to Australia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, we want to pull him back in the studio for mental health discussions. We love doing that. Uh, yeah, opioids are crazy addicting. That yeah, was a, I had the painkiller phase. And that was another one that uh, Mushroom has helped me realize the ridiculousness of it. Yeah, and it's weird, like, people... And they're legal in some states now, finally. Yeah. But people, like, don't really understand, like, how long-term of a fall, I guess, addiction is, or long-term of a process it is. Yeah. Before someone, like, ends up at the end point where they're, like, stealing money and shit, you know? Like, it's a long... It can be a long, long road, and anyone can fucking fall into it man yeah because it's the problem isn't the uh, keeping doing the thing people have this misconception that the addiction is just a repeated behavior or you're, you're this drug you can't live without it or you've made it um like a dependency and it's way more than that it's a whole state of mind where you just rip that chemical away then you're not fixing what caused the addiction in the first place yeah because like that it actually like changes the chemical makeup of your brain and shit which is why it's so hard to um, well and the chemical makeup was stop. awry in the first place 
to be prone to uh, yeah. like obsessive behavior and to have like a hole that you're trying to fill. So this person is like trying to uh, like lean on this dependency for something that was broken before that. And you can't just fix that and not act like, uh, like you can't fix the engine and not put new tires in the car. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm just going to immediately roll over to some kind of half-thought-out <laughs> automotive <laughs> analogy. But if you don't fix the underlying problem, then you're just uh, d dooming someone to have, like, no solution to something. They at least had a solution that wasn't working. Yeah, <laughs> and I like there's still a lot of, like, old-school thinking of, like, uh, just willpower being enough, you know? Or, like, yeah. people don't even understand, like, like, if you have an itch and you can't scratch it, all the willpower in the world isn't going to stop you from just scratching it. Yeah. It's, or, like it's unrealistic expectations to just think it's willpower alone. You can't willpower, like, dead relatives back alive. You can't willpower yourself out of a breakup or out of a loss of a job or any kind of life-changing uh, injury or, or thing that happens to you that gets people started on this path. You can't just willpower away uh, childhood abuse. These yeah. things have to be dealt with before someone can even ex exist and live without an addiction in some cases. I even always ask, like, what do you, what is willpower and does everyone have the same amount? Mm -hmm. And the answer is, of course, no. Uh, there's been, like, plenty of studies, like, long-term willpower, like, starting from kids and, like, how kids who are identified to have uh, weaker willpower, how it affects them later when they grow up. There have been long-term studies like that. And so it's not like, that's not even a clear-cut thing, you know? yeah. So there's like there's a lot of layers to it, but yeah, just do psychedelics and stuff. Well, <laughs> with a friend, with supervision. Yeah, yeah, it's a place to visit, not to stay, and that's a. I was leading to something about, um, yeah, a place to visit, not to stay. Hang yeah, because I've even had uh, one experience where, my, like, I wasn't at, at a depressive state in my life or anything, but the mushrooms got on top of me. And I just, like, thought about all this shit, and I was like, all right, I can check out now. It's that time. <laughs> and, like, totally, like, not, it was a weird, weird experience, but, like, yeah, you definitely have to be careful and have, like, uh, at least a friend you can call or something. For sure. Or someone to hang out. Sitters are helpful. It's, a uh, escapism is the thing to be looking at with a lot of drug addiction is just the, why does this person want to escape so bad? And like, can we make the help them be in a place they don't want to escape so much? And that would be less. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and we also have, yeah, we also have an article that goes a little more in depth of like more research on uh, how psychedelics like classical psychedelics and um, other ones like salvinorin or salvia divinorum um, <laughs> affect the brain. So. salvia is so funny salvia is the only thing i've done and then tried so hard to eat a color <laughs> that was just coming at me just this substance of like reality just became uh two different shades of orange lines horizontally yeah. and then i could see my head floating to the right of them and as i tried to chew i could eat the side of the line as it like came at me i was never do salvia like super hungry <laughs> <laughs> just yeah it became what i was about like i was a universe of consumption 
That's actually one of the results of the study. They actually say that. They say, don't do uh, salvia hungry. Yeah. It's like a, in bold with an asterisk. Yeah. Yeah. News notes, greasyconversation.com. You can check our sources. So what I think we should do next is um, introduce everybody to a couple short audio presentations that we have, and then we'll start the episode. All right. Whoa there, cowboy. Is your love life drier than a June sagebrush poking pricklies on a desert cattle's bunghole? Well, look no further, fella. The cavalry has arrived. Spunk lube. That's right, spunk lube. This ain't your average romance jelly jam. Whether you're sharing a tent up and broke back or flying solo, Tonto, spunk lube will have you slinging your cyclops and whistling out your Dixie. For group parties playing cowboys and Indians or just a quick one around in the chamber, Spunk Lube gets you hydrated for those long rides of bumping uglies in the sunset. Don't put a bounty on your head. Drizzle Spunk Lube instead. That's Spunk Lube, partner. Hello, this is Michael Tiffany from Midnight Madness Radio. And if you're looking to hear some of today's best new rock, tune in to Midnight Madness Radio, Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Radio Vegas Rock. Keeping you rocking from the 60s to today, we are RadioVegas.rocks. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Be sure to get your mix of music, listen to us with the RadioVegas.rocks app available at the App Store, and check out our VIP card, interact with us in our chat room, and scheduling of our RadioVegas.rocks shows, plus podcasts. It's all available on RadioVegas.rocks app. It's true. Greasy Conversation is here. RadioVegas.rocks, clicking all the banners. Uh, holla, and welcome back. We are here to show you dank news that you're going to make your friends think you're cool by knowing about or at least keep up with fun stuff in science and technology that the cool nerds are discussing without you until now uh speaking of which the latest up-to-date data on how the earth is really round like it's so we're so sure of it still 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 this is just so this is a story about a couple who wanted to prove that the earth was flat so they decided that they would sail to the edge of the earth like they'd be the first people to try to finally prove this yeah which like 
I mean, that would be a tourist attraction by now if that was how things were. And, like, yeah. we would have stories about people falling off the edge of the earth way too often. People would be making money on this by now. Yeah. <laughs> but this story is, like, hilarious, though. So this couple, uh, an Italian couple from Venice. And so this was, uh, I don't know if they're still locked down or this happened, like, when Italy was locked down. Um, and they thought that the edge of the earth would be somewhere near Sicily. So they left their home, they sold their car and bought a boat. Worth it. And you can tell like just how poorly prepared they're going to be for this entire journey just from that, right? Like if you think you're going to sail to the edge of the earth with just a boat, like you didn't bring any supplies, what are you doing, kid? <laughs> and then so they like they Yeah, you think it's going to be nearby and no one's bumped into this before? Yeah. Like, this also leans on a really common type of schizophrenia because it's really misunderstood how different different types of schizophrenia are. There's kinds where you don't hallucinate images or sounds. There's a way more common kind that I really should research more to have the terminology better for it, about it. But it goes hand in hand and it's where you think that there's something going on that, uh, that everyone knows about but you or there's some kind of conspiracy. Sometimes it's, it manifests where you think there's something like this that uh, everyone is keeping a secret and you're onto the truth. Sometimes it's uh, less everyone um, against you as it is like one person. You think that there's one person or one group or entity that's specifically like leaving messages for you, planting things. Mm -hmm. uh, like you turn and see something next to the checkout stand and you know it was put there for you to discover in the checkout stand. Uh, things like that it's this total like ego break where it, it come it almost comes off self-centered but it's not in a conscious control of this person and it can happen to any of us and i bet you it's even happened and flashes of it to you listening to this to everyone uh everyone's had moments where they've had a flash of that feeling at least i think it's like most people at least it's extremely common uh when especially when things are stressful or things look like they're coming down or there's a natural disaster or mm. something like that you can really it's easy to think that uh getting these thought loops that don't have a lot of justification yeah. or, or rationality but it's totally rational if that's your lens because perception is reality yeah totally. that's, that's what needs to be sympathized with and uh, you can't just expect someone to uh totally be down with what they need rationally when they're in that place but Dr. Drew was saying, like, you rescue a person and they're like, thank you. How did you let me, like, live like this? <laughs> anyway, I'm getting into, like, dealing with homelessness theory time. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just some, you know, awareness or whatever. Yeah, hey, totally. greasy conversation. Awareness <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so this couple, they set out on their journey with no or minimal supplies. It doesn't really stick, but it, it sounds like they're massively unprepared for uh, a voyage across the Mediterranean. Um, Wait a minute. It just occurred to me. Are they trying to go out the Mediterranean into the open water or like trying to find the edge of the world somewhere in the Mediterranean? I don't know. It does. It's a, yeah, it's like not clear. Like, I'm seeing an early fail there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It says for them, Lampedusa, an island off the Italian Pelagi Islands in the Mediterranean Sea was the end of the earth. 
So that's <laughs> where they thought the end of the earth was. Jeez. Which, wow. But anyway, so they got, they landed on some small uh, island that was populated. And uh, they were quarantined because they're running around in COVID time. And then because they were so set, they escaped, got back, on, left on their boat. And then uh, landed on like some other island and got caught again in, in quarantine wow. or some shit. Yeah. So. How does that not warrant a diagnosis of an intellectual disability? I don't know, man. I mean, sometimes. I don't know. The world can be an overwhelming place, and sometimes you gotta find a pocket to fit in, man. And like. Whoa, you're onto something major that's important for sympathy in this situation too, because there's a lot of. Uh, anger at the people storming the Capitol, for example, and it's justified, but it's hard not to, with a little bit of psych background, feel a lot of sympathy for these people too, mm. because this is their reality, that they're in a nation that like requires a coup, and uh, that reality is really freaky. It's that kind of, to lead people to some of this stuff, and some of the people that are at the forefront of it also like, seriously lack any kind of reverence for anything that could be like sacred for the the past and the future of their themselves as humans mm -hmm. just kick feet up and just grin and just take over positions of authority as if they're meaningless because that person they are and it's just sad because then there's people following you that think the nation and their world is falling apart and that they need to be part of a revolution that there's lies all around them, even though there's like, there's plenty of lies too, mind you in government or whatnot, but they're, they uh -huh. think they're part of something bigger that really matters. Yeah. And to have that feeling of significance is really precious and to not have, it's really difficult. And I sympathize with wanting that. Or I wouldn't be like neurotically repeatedly doing a talk show to <laughs> like a hundred ish people. Right. Um, the, so like I have sympathy for that and I have, anger for the people that don't take any of it seriously that have no problem uh just like kicking back and and like almost jokingly taking over government while there's people following them that think they're like in a war that are in like a mental place that's just genuinely terrifying yeah and it's like a lot due to misinformation or finding these little like pockets of all this or disinformation and just finding these groups that are like isolated themselves off from other sources of information that could prove that wrong. Yeah, just like how cults happen when people are in a, a weak situation mentally, which can happen to any of us. Yeah. We're just disenfranchised, disconnected from family or friends that you require to correct your perception of reality. Because we're hive animals. We're not meant to perceive reality fine on our own. It's too much to store in our like head model. So we're constantly confirming things with people around us, even non-verbally. And when that goes awry, <laughs> you have this like thought cancer. Yeah, it's e <laughs> yeah, it's it's certainly easy to feel like uh, small and insignificant because we are yeah. in a very big way. But at the same time, like you know, we've all been wackadoos. And if you haven't had like a wackadoo moment, <laughs> yeah, man, I've had plenty. So are you about to say at the same time? I'm due for another one, actually. Right. Yeah, we could have a fresh wackadoo moment any moment. I feel like I just, like, had one. Yeah, I feel like, you know what? Like I I'm on the tail end of, like, recovery from one, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's been, yeah, I mean, any longer than six months, and I'm like, I got to go. 
I got to go wackadoo for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I loved something you said a couple episodes of, about trying to go a little crazy more often rather than letting it uh, build up and going way crazy when you didn't schedule it. <laughs> yeah, man. Hella subscribe to that. I need some personal days. I don't get this whole days off only for when you're sick. Sometimes you just feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm talking, I should speak for myself. <laughs> Sometimes I need a personal day where I'm just like, can't face like a normal day like mentally and, yeah, then, med- and then the next day i'm fine mental health day should be important for yeah. sure and i'd like to keep a, a low level of like permanent paranoia uh-huh and then that that really helps yeah, which sounds counterintuitive but it helps me uh, so. <laughs> something to people that do weed regularly and have not they're not concerned about the paranoia aspect because I, I i think it fits with something you've said i've said joe rogan said this too not to compare ourselves to him but I'll take any opportunity to compare him to us. That's right. <laughs> that I'll, I'll in, in like invoking a certain controlled paranoia helps you recalibrate the level of paranoia that you should have for like regular life mm. where there's some people that are, uh, they're, they're too surrounded by sycophants and to, uh, on their high horse to, uh, feel like where they belong and connect with people and there's other people on the other end, like generalized anxiety disorder time where it's like everything is scary. And I get hella uh, situations with that and have something else like manually make things a little paranoid and be like, oh, that's that emotion. It's like this. That's it just kind of puts everything uh, scales it again. Yeah. Like everything's put in perspective suddenly. Hey, wait, this isn't real. Yeah. yeah. Or this is only this amount of real instead yeah. of like all the way real. And avoiding thinking in absolutes to, to move into another. Let's make a noise about it. I've been trying to uh, impart something that uh, is taught in like relationship counseling and stuff that should just be part of like high school time. And it's also come up in business communication too, mm-hmm. but it's uh, avoiding absolutes uh, of like uh, that anything is ever never. Like you never want to say that yeah, I'm, I'm using an absolute to say it, but there's three things that I'm going to hook together and try to be concise about it. But when you're talking about whether it's your feelings or someone else's behavior or something, you never want to say that, uh, that someone never does something or someone always does something or like this never happens for me or like this always happens to me. Mm-hmm. Um, even, it doesn't always have to have never or always, but getting rid of those words helps a lot of the concept. Uh, you can also be like a state of being like, I am this bad thing. I am someone that this happens to, or I am someone that this never happens to. Or it's the same hand, like saying that to someone else, like uh, your, this work is unsatisfactory. So you don't want to say you do unsatisfactory work yeah. as an absolute, like you always do, or, or you are a bad person. You want to separate the person's like identity from their behavior yeah. So yeah, yeah. you'd say like, you're great, but this, what you did today here, or what was done today by us here, especially if you can hook it to yourself, it softens a blow. Even yeah. if you weren't even there, like this is our result as a team and it's not satisfactory. And it really sucks. And it's <laughs> yeah. mostly your fault, yeah. but a little bit mine, but mostly yours. So <laughs> it's a little bit better. So yeah, that's one of the things separating that, um, the absolute situation. And it's just uh, coming up as we're getting out of Rona times and businesses are blossoming 
and I'm doing my usual independent contractor working with a handful of different folks to get by situation. It's just coming up extra. So that's something I wanted to bring up. Hopefully it's helpful. Yeah. How about next we do the little ice robot that could. The little ice robot that can. He could when it's cold. Yeah. Now this is a really cold boy. Cool idea. Um, Help us name it. We want to get names for this ice robot. Which immediately makes me want to see like a sci-fi movie about it. Like some crazy ice robot that you can't kill. It just like keeps making ice parts. Yeah, it can keep like snowballing, as they say, and getting bigger and bigger. Like a Katamari Damacy. <laughs> yeah, I want that to be real life, man. I know, Katamari is so cool. But this, uh, they're basically talking about like this robot can make certain parts for itself out of ice. Because out in space, it's cold. There's going to be a lot of ice. So, like, wheels or treads or different sections of its body that can uh, contain its guts and all that stuff so that it doesn't have to worry about breaking down. Because a lot of the probes are very fragile. Yeah, and to be able to make self-replicate in any way is really the future. Mm -hmm. We're going to need... Uh, Michio Kaku was talking about this uh, in one of those big thing things or whatever. Asian science guy. Yeah, those fancy smart people YouTubes I like to sleep through <laughs> for you all so I can learn it subconsciously and then forget it all when I have to talk to you guys later. Yeah. But I just want to point out that I've used this Bluetooth module before. This thing in the blue, weird flex, oh, but really? okay. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, it's the HC... Aren't you cool? ...dash something Bluetooth homie. Yeah, oh, you guys, serial numbers now. Okay, yeah, all right. It's a model number. It's the, the first half number. of the model number. But that's something you can do. Uh, soldering's not hard. You just get the, both the parts hot and make sure the heat of the pot part melts the solder and not the heat of the iron. So, like, everything's hot in the joint when the solder melts. And you get these modules. You can just buy them on eBay and hook them together. You hook ins to outs and uh, paste in someone else's code and you can already make fun stuff before you even start messing with the code and the code's like practically english c plus plus and this arduino stuff is like really close to basic so you just get comfy with ifs like if this then do this and what's nested and what else uh, the idea of something being inside something else because of the close and opening symbols and that's it you're programming that's you just learned how to do it we're teaching you stuff really quick today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like a lot of stuff <laughs> is out there anyway. Like the code's already done and you can just search for the code. So, I mean. And then there's libraries that you use to talk to the hardware. It's basically like a driver. You include this library. Then you've got statements that can send and receive stuff from that piece of hardware. Oh, dude. Why don't these little robots have little robot drivers? Little robot <laughs> like drivers. Chauffeur outfits. Man. I want Some it. details like that could really get more people into science. Like, Man. we need to mix the science and the humor communities better. Yeah, we need tiny robot chauffeurs. This would make... We'll see, we're, we're on to something with our stupid show. Trying to get... Uh, and also, uh, really smart people... Sometimes you just need to reference something that no one else is referencing, and they're already delighted. So it's not even extremely high effort comedy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, right. If you're just able, I mean, I I giggle right away if you mention like a Commodore 64 randomly. <laughs> I'm just like, ha, ah, that's not talked about yeah. often, and I know what those letters mean. Yeah, totally. 
Wow. Little ice robot guy. And then there was this. I just wanted to point out. These ads are amazing. This, uh, there is this, what is it? The Harbin Ice Festival. Harbin oh. Snow and Ice Festival. Had to show you all this. Which is in the Chinese city of Harbin. But it's like this whole city is carved out of ice. It's like a little temporary city for this festival. And they're lighting it all up. It looks amazing. Literally lit. I want to live there. Even though it's super cold and I'd die right away. <laughs> and see, the nation where all the LEDs come from, now they've put them in the snow. And snow and ice already loves light going through it. Look at this slide situation. Ah, oh, this looks so fun. Man, it's crazy. I wonder, do they say like how long this took to make? If I remember right, it's like something they were doing for a good couple of weeks beforehand at least. So they're going to show... In this other video, I'm going to pull up this, uh, where is it? Sorry. I don't need to tell you audio people where is my thing I'm clicking on. But if you go to greasyconversation.com, you can look at these things as well. All right, take a peep later when you're not driving. But CNN's got some views of how they actually went and grabbed this ice from a nearby lake. A lot of it. I don't know, like, how large the whole thing is. I got questions now. It's like a warp tour. That's how I measure <laughs> the size of any event. <laughs> it's like one, one and a quarter warp tours. The L.A. one. You've all been to that. <laughs> Damn, warp tour. Some nostalgia, man. How was your warp tour? I remember the one I went to, the guy, I think it was. Yeah, who played at yours? I'm wondering if it's one that... I. Oh, was it, it NoFX or something? And then I remember one of the guys, because everyone started, everyone had like a water bottle war. And oh, they started no. throwing, there was like people down in the pit and then people up in the chairs. And they started throwing water bottles back and forth at each other. And it escalated and got pretty gnarly. So the dude had to, he was like, you guys have to stop throwing water bottles or they're going to shut us down. All right, stop fucking throwing water <laughs> bottles. All right. <laughs> It was pretty At least it was crazy. fire and people crowd surfing on pieces of the stage like that one. Yeah. There's a, a Woodstock, the, one of the 90s ones, where they did it on a decommissioned part of an Air Force base that got a bunch of people like radioactive poisoning, class action oh, really? later. Yeah. And then there was... A, so irresponsible. There was that where like, I think it was when Limp Biscuit played, but people yes. started tearing down all the shit. It was. Yeah, to their song Break Stuff. <laughs> of course. Very well thought out of crowd, course. crowd dealing with. Fucking they're so, Fred Durst. What's he up to these days? They're so into the music. Uh, he runs the label that produced, not currently, but when Weezer had a was working on Maladroit, I think it was. You guys mm -hmm. can fact check this. He had to like battle, Rivers had to battle with him specifically about the rights to their own recordings that they were doing like themselves what? manually and the right to do their own recording for that album because fred durst <laughs> owned the label yeah that they're on or that that division oh wow something like that that's crazy yeah it, it's it goes on and on it's a turtles all the way down made of with their heads their hats on backwards fractals all the way down <laughs> oh that's a, a media recommendation if no one's seen the show um off the air it's a old adult swim show yeah i'll link it in the chat but there's a particular episode i think dreams. it's new called dreams that's just really amazing it's like a short 10 12 minute 
show and it's just like little shorts blended together sometimes music videos sometimes videos with different music added in the background but it's all uh pretty great at the very bottom of our news notes i have pasted a link and this is a live google doc so oh my gosh please paste please be please be good please be a good boy oh yeah i'm doing it fella with the you know okay so let me stop discussing it with you and just you know it'll be there oh the news notes are at greasyconversation.com and i want you to all feel like you can also follow your dreams and host a great show even when your brain is malfunctioning in front of everybody dramatically <laughs> but no no disability can stop you from achieving <laughs> according to what you're witnessing here okay so i'm uh i'm pretty amazed at this copy and paste job you got going on here man <laughs> what are you guys even seeing me do right now it's a nightmare okay let's <laughs> have you guys can look at my back right now while i try to figure out how to see i know people listening you can probably hear so much clicking wow it did it finally i didn't do anything different this is what happens when you don't restart your computer often enough this smells like restart 30. For non- This video? Non -Apple. Oh, gosh. That's just a taste. That's a teaser. Yeah. Um, next, we got a... This is pretty great. A paragliding Santa got stuck in some power lines in uh, California. So, apparently, he was paragliding into the neighborhood, I guess, as Santa. And, uh, yeah self-explanatory let me get that going for everybody there's a santa we, this is a fresh fresh holiday news <laughs> yeah obviously that had this happened like a couple weeks ago oh this but is we were, cool to look at yeah but since we were gone over you know i figured i could grab some i wanted to grab some holiday news okay so this isn't a real person who is paragliding stuck in the, no it is there's the parachute oh wow yeah Oh, and there's the car thing, because the paraglider is, it looks like a car, you know, hanging from a parachute, basically. Wow. Yeah, it was one of those with, like, the little, the little car. This is so American. <laughs> what other country do you have a little car get stuck in the power lines? Right. We can do anything here. We just have to believe, and we can fly. <laughs> Americans fly more than anybody else, without permission, dangerously, into their deaths. And we get hit in the face by homemade helicopter blades. That's something I've only seen happen in America. America has more than one video of someone getting hit in the face by the blade of their homemade helicopter. I, don't, really? I haven't seen that happen in any other country. I've never seen I'm, I'll have to check don't, it out. I'm no, never, don't. It's not worth it? It's, it's what you Is think. Is it like gruesome? Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. If there's one that's not as gruesome, and the person's like, then. okay, but it's still not fun. It's no fun. It makes my face itch just talking about it. Hey, listen, it. people have different definition, definitions of fun, man. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, cannibalism. I'm also linking uh article or sorry, a big think video that I mentioned earlier where a bunch of professionals talk about um, using psychedelics to treat mental stuff like addiction and oh, nice. other mental time. Hell yeah. It's about that time you want to do our uh, second round of 
um, audio presentations? Yeah, let's do uh, another round of highly curated and sought after auditory presentations, after which we'll, during which we'll gather ourselves, and take some deep breaths at one another aggressively, and actually start the show. And we'll uh, introduce our keynote speaker. That's right. People love Dr. Squatch Soap, and they want to share its glorious scent with everyone. But that can get awkward. This is a little weird, even for us, but it smells amazing. I agree, Mike, which is why Dr. Squatch is making all-natural handcrafted candles now. The same all-natural quality ingredients, now with a wood wick, to transform your home into a Squatchy paradise. Go to DrSquatch.com and get your handcrafted Squatch candle today. Hey guys, listen up. Receive 20% off all orders, $20 or more, at Dr. Squatch when you use coupon code RVR20. Looking for a way to get free from debt? Well, gather up your bills and call a Care One credit counselor today. We are credit counseling agencies that have helped 2 million people just like you. I see people every day who are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge and the bottom is bankruptcy. We pull them back and they appreciate that. You get to consolidate your payments. You only have to make one payment a month instead of worrying about three, four, or five. Care One credit counselors have experience assisting people to get out of debt and get on with their lives. To help you take your first step, they're offering a consultation and debt analysis. Call for licensing details. It is your path out. People are truly amazed when they call us and see what we can do to help them. I mean, the relief in their voices. Call us because we can do amazing things. Get your consultation and debt analysis by calling a Care One credit counselor today. One simple and confidential call can get you debt free. 800 284 1349. 800 284 1349. 800 284 1349. That's 800 284 1349. Be sure to get your mix of music. Listen to us with the RadioVegas.rocks app available at the App Store. And check out our VIP card, interact with us in our chat room, and scheduling of our RadioVegas.rocks shows, plus podcasts. It's all available on RadioVegas.rocks app. Behold! It's a greasy conversation. We are dipping a toe in the news and grabbing a handful and flinging it at yous. Droplets, go find your squeaky wheels and gather around because we're about to start Greasy Conversation on RadioVegas.rocks where you two can be part of the news hollering in the chat on the video stream at the dot com of Greasy Conversation. And right now we're looking at one of the most exciting things that I'm sure you're excited to see in front of you excitingly again. The excitement of the periodic table. Oh, we're going there. I'm just jumping right to the periodic table. You know, have whatever you got on Q2, because I, I have a feeling I'm not going to talk about this long. <laughs> but there's a new proposal for the arrangement of the periodic table. Oh, I should have had this up as opposed to the other one. Yeah, it's not and just about what... This is great. This makes like a lot of sense. Like the atomic number or anything, but also the amount of uh, those elements in comparison to all the others. So it looks kind of messy, though. It looks messy, but you see you've got this row down here with the PRNDSMEU, that bottom handle. Mm-hmm. It's so cool seeing that because those fellows are supposed to like nestle in right there. Mm-hmm. And it's not clear right away that you've got this bar at the bottom that has this pocket it nestles into. 
but you still have the up and down situation of the noble gases over there. That's proper. They should be nice in a, in a row. And it just it makes me happy seeing this. This makes a lot of sense. And there's colors for the availability, too. And we're not wasting a bunch of space on the, the all the americonium and heavy ones that only exist in the lab for a few seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, these different colored, like, there's one for from conflict minerals. Yeah. Which... Have that conflict. It's all pictures yeah. of a cell phone if it's conflict. Oh, no, it's using a smartphone. Okay. There's a lot of conflicts in the smartphone parts. Yeah, you got synthetic, plentiful supply, limited. This is awesome. Rising threat from increased use. Serious threat in the next hundred years. Yeah, it's pretty like, interesting. It's kind of like a goldfish cracker. Yeah, it reminds me of one of those, like, puzzles for kids where they're like five pieces and they're those big weird shapes you know they're like made out of wood y'all remember those y'all know what i'm talking about don't act like you don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> uh, i'm with you except that i'm lying about it good enough for me <laughs> wow okay so what did you have queued up next with a little bit of That's perfect sound greasy conversation behold um, people are trying to cook chicken by slapping it after learning physics says it's possible. Cook chicken after slapping it. Yeah. Isn't so it like tenderizing? Someone, someone asked if kinetic energy is converted into thermal energy, how hard do I have to slap a chicken to cook it? And the oh. answer turns out that you can cook a chicken by slapping it at 3,725.95 miles per hour. Uh, and there's actually a video of a simulation of what? slapping a chicken. Wow. So this chicken can be cooked by slapping in this. Yeah. 3D. Theoretically, obviously, because no one's no one's got like the Hulk slap. Oh, I see what happens. The also, yeah, it splatters. Yeah. The fingers are ripped off the hands and the cooked bits of chicken are spread in every direction. Yeah. Wow. But that... You know, a lot of people don't know, but that actually adds a lot of flavor. <laughs> oh, man. There's, like, blood splatter. This yeah, is man. great. Wow. And then if you if you scroll down more, there's a, someone made a, a chicken slapper. <laughs> nice. They made this little machine that just, like, slaps a chicken over and over. And uh, trying to find out how many slaps does it take to cook a chicken. Yeah, because that was one slap at that speed. Mm -hmm. So this guy's thinking we just do many slaps more rapidly uh, with less hits, you know, less force per slap. Yeah, exactly. Like feasible for a human to do. So if you want that like slap cooked chicken, you know, you can. This rotating slapper. Brilliant. Just look at all that chicken juice <clears throat> squirting out. <laughs> I I want a good slapped chicken, but I'm not going to trust something human slapped. I feel like we're in the 20-something century, and we should have uh, robots doing our slapping, especially on this level. And this is a gasoline-powered slap right here. That's the solution. But I mean, if you, if you get that robot slapped chicken, it's not the same as, you know, you don't get that that human uh, anger and resentment you do, slapped into it. You know what I mean? But it's also human dishonesty because I'll never believe that a human can do this level of, of slapping to where the, you want, you want it safe. 
Like a human's gonna have to cook and slap. We can get a pure slap experience here. It's like uh, using methanol so you don't need an intercooler. <laughs> so how many slaps do you think it would take to cook a chicken? If you didn't read it already. So if it's like 3,000 uh, pounds, I'm going to guess we're talking like 30,000 slaps at this velocity. Uh, so it would take an average of 23,034 slaps oh! to cook a chicken. That was a pretty good guess. I'll probably run way off. Oh, yeah. this one, the second row. I think I have the volume turned down on the second row. There's nothing important on that row anyway. Talking about our Ableton. Little inside baseball for you. Mild gore warning. This oh, should, man. This should start, Ooh. like, how many different ways can you, like, cook a chicken by, like, causing it harm? Or, like, attacking it? Yeah, can you, can you have it be alive and start this process? That's kind of cruel. How many field goals would you have to kick with a chicken to cook it? How many beaks does it take to make a hot dog out of just beaks? <laughs> We're asking the important questions here. Oh, man. Greasy That's... conversation. Make sure you check out our merchandise at slash merch and, you know, at greasyconversation.com also. And, you know, click on some banners all, everywhere around you. Even ones physically uh, in, in the presence of you, you know, sl slap them. Oh, this is not an episode I'm going to listen back to later. <laughs> <laughs> I've rarely been more disappointed in myself. Oh, All right. Man. On that note, we want you to tell your friends that not only can you enjoy dank news that's useful, curated by human personalities, but you can watch the psyche of these people dissolve in front of you as another it's layer true. of entertainment. It's true. I'm actually just a, a hollow shell of a person. I'm getting there. With minimal programming. <laughs> so, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we're learning and growing together as a community. And together we can uh, go like and subscribe Bucks uh, Adventure Life uh, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Bucks Adventure Life. <laughs> yeah. Because you're done with us. I'm sure of it. <laughs> no, tell your friends. We really are. Uh, striving to bring you all something that you can bring to your loved ones uh, with appreciation and steadfast perseverance and uh, an iron will of virtuosity. Acceptable. <laughs> all right. Uh, so this is a follow-up to a story we had, I don't know, before we went on break, but there was... Where was it in Utah? There was the mysterious monolith discovered. Yes. Just in the middle of this like canyon. Um, so more of them have appeared. Yeah. I'm not surprised. We know someone. Okay. Hey, shout out to Noel at uh, Spacecraft. SP. You just go to waz.lol and you can get linked to that Spacecraft situation. That's the whole URL, y'all. Woz.lol. I, I own that. Look at me. I've got the shortest URL, URL of anyone you know. Weird flex, but okay. Strong flex. I got the URL. No one flexes URLs like I do. Look out. It's true. And on that note, he also made some of these uh, monoliths. You know someone's like the, the self-aggrandizing, it's clearly, it's clearly like a... It's definitely like an art thing. There's like, self-deprecation wrapped in the aggrandizement is what I'm trying to get at roundaboutly. 
But yeah, it's, it's like there's a copycat situation with this. Um, yeah, one appeared in um, Romania, and then there was a third one that popped up in California. So there are the one in California looks a little different, but they are similar. They're that same like triangle-ish uh, pillar. Yeah, this one, the way worse swirl marks on the finish. Noels are way better. If you're looking to buy one of these for your yard or storefront, uh, you know, hit us up. Hit me up specifically because I want that commission. You know what I'm saying? I want that monolith money. I want the the meat on that monolith bone. Do you think that this is like the same group of people that did the original one or it's just like copycats? Heck no. They didn't travel to Romania and then to California to do this? The person behind the original one is most likely dead. There's an artist that did similar things mm-hmm. that uh, could have done it and most likely would uh, during the time that it was there, uh, shortly before his passing, and he was wont to do other mysterious things like this. It's just right up his alley. Hmm. So these folks are merely disciples. And this one's too long. This one's not the same height. Yeah, I was looking away. at that. Yeah. Disgusting. So alien art projects. Oh, yeah. Grab your friends that are also aliens and do some art. Do some levitating art because you can make your own, not really your own necessarily, but it's easier to make superconductors now. And if you have a superconductor cold enough, I'm thinking about the magnets. Holy crap. I've never done my job worse than today. <laughs> it's the cold thing and it levitates. You know what I'm saying? I've showed it to you and talked about it. Oh, yeah, I, I remember. I've talked about, about the dang magnetic fields that have gone through it. But you're just, you're not the same IQ from one day to the next, I think. <laughs> it's true. But that's why we have the internet to be the other part of our cybernetic intelligence. Our and as cyborgs, I'm going to post something to this effect for you to get. Greasyconversation.com. Click on the live Google Docs for our news notes. And you can hear all the stuff that uh, should be in the show where I'm functioning correctly as a human being. Levitation. I'm probably just more uh, like bitterly, soberly aware of my own blunders. I would normally just steamroll through <laughs> if I'd like gotten drunk for the episode or something. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you have those days where like everything you do is just wrong. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, it's okay to be wrong all the time and learn from it and grow and be wrong less lately. Later, uh, you know. On that note. Or just keep just keep being wrong. For reals. I mean, there's people who have done that. If, if you can be honest about highly it. Highly successful, I think. At least be right about your honesty about how wrong you are usually. It's true. Oh, did you see how well this pasted? Yeah. You know, Windows 10's all right. I don't have to restart it as much as I used to have to restart things. I'm having a great computer experience right now. That, you know, that copy and paste time of the past, I'm behind it. Sometimes you just hang out with stuff long enough, like this LED screen, and just uh, don't throw it away right away. I'm not telling you guys to be hoarders. Throw everything away. Where am I even going with this? <laughs> Hoard everything. Sometimes it will paste. You know, sometimes it feels like it's not going to paste, and other times your life is just paced together, and, and it's a better day, and uh, the sun also rises. It's true. Is it, though? Um, it's not sun- untrue. It's true. <laughs> uh, Sundance Film Festival is doing a virtual 
uh, festival this year, obviously, because, you know, the plague or whatever. And uh, they're doing it in a space garden simulation, which I think they really missed out because they could have done it on a virtual sun and really hit a home run, you know. So I don't know who's in charge of their planning, their event planning, but... Uh, what virtual sun for who? So Sundance is doing a virtual. Oh, Sundance, the Sundance film, film festival. Wow, I just messed up on the whole core of the whole thing. There we go, <laughs> film festival. I'm back with you. Yeah, so they're doing like a virtual um, festival where you can either access it. Well, people who are invited, obviously, not anyone I know, but those people, uh, you can either do it like the full VR experience. Or you can just do like the simple like web browser where you like move through the 3D environment, through, you know, that type of thing. Oh, nice. You can like second life it. Yeah. And, uh, but I really think they should like, it would have been much better on the sun. Like. Why not? If it's going to be pretend anyway. Yeah. Why not pretend it's on the sun? It's true. And, and like you can dance on it and it's more applicable to what we're naming things. That would have been great. Like, there's all these virtual people sitting in a a virtual theater on the sun watching a movie, but it's too bright. Every once in a while, a random person in the crowd just hits that temperature where they burst into flames and they have to excuse themselves and walk out <laughs> calmly and <laughs> it interrupts the broadcast at points. Right. Yeah. Would have been much more entertaining. I do like the idea, though. It's kind of cool. Um I'm just super excited about like main like big VR time in the future. Big VR time is going to be so sweet, and big AR time. Uh, there's like a lot to look forward to as far as when we're too old and crippled to do anything fun or walk around like we should have when we could walk around, and we're mourning that we can just virtually walk around on the sun and shoot lasers at each other and giggle. With, Young del Delight. Oh, can we talk about the magneto reception of some living cells that you bumped into? Yeah. Go That's our it. promo graphic here. Yeah, you're like, no, nah, you talk about that. Honestly, it's just uh, research in Japan into cells that can get affected by magnetism. It doesn't prove anything about like stupid magnetic healing things doing anything for anybody that don't do anything. But just... Uh, that cells can, and say in birds and certain animals, they've gotten these cells to not form, and then they couldn't feel the magnetic poles of the earth, and then they uh, flew around stupid and stuff. Yeah, so it might be like a clue to zero in on how animals migrate and stuff like that. Like, there was an experiment done, too, where um, these researchers made these belts that vibrated whenever a person was facing north. Oh, yeah. And they wore it for a while. And then after they were done, or like whatever the length of time was, I don't remember what it was, but they no longer wore the belt, but they could still just intuitively know which direction was north because it like created a link in their brain. Would you be willing to do this? I would, yeah. I think it would be kind of cool. The only issue is that uh, the gyroscope board I've used, not gyroscope, but magnetic -y fella, which is hard to Google without remembering what the dang thing is called. Mm -hmm. But clearly I've got no access to memories today. And it's like, not only 
it's it's not just like okay weed too close to the start of the show mm-hmm. i think it's about the normal duration between weeding and the sto- show starting just like just fried today just having a stupid day it happens man but it's weird that's a cervical cancer cell that they do this research on i didn't know you could take like a cancer cell and use it for other stuff that's handy yeah let alone cervical cancer apparently is also like what that would that mean that we'd have to mine this in the future like Give a bunch of women cervical cancer and then go uh, dig it out to use it for this science research. See you just, later, honey. I'm going to the cancer mines. Yeah. Going to milk some ladies. Yeah. Cancer milk. Uh, that now with a pick. No. It's like a hose. Cervical cancer hose. <laughs> you get like the... It's like, like an oil pipeline. Instead of black lung, you get cancer lung. But then they mine it and you get paid a lot of money. Like, what do you do for a living? Like, <coughs> they just mine <coughs> cancer from my lungs and use it for stuff. <coughs> I've never felt healthier. Oh, like uh, you have to cough into a napkin and then carry it with you so you can sell it. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, that would be some dark ass future shit where like people sell their like get cancer to sell their cancer cells for research. Holy fuck. This just became a good episode. <laughs> I just became excited about this episode over this one concept. Yeah. This is so delicious. Not that I was down this episode. It's been all right. That's some, that would be some dark ass shit. I want to see that. Yeah. I want to see that as like a Twilight Zone episode or something. Do it. Make it. Yeah. I want to make... Who's Who wants to chip in? You can throw me... I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but I want to say like 30, 40 bucks. And I'll make everyone like a a belt i was gonna say a headband but this probably should be a little bit more discreet uh and and you'll wear it and it's gonna vibrate uh you choose where every time you face north and some people will be facing north a bunch if i do this wrong or or if i do this just right but uh we'll do that where we'll kind of like learn where to north we'll learn how we'll learn where to north and that I've, I believe this has got to be, there's got to be some other cues of direction that you're going to latch on to either subconsciously, visually, or something that will like, attach with this north vibration. And then we'll have a really useless superpower, but we'll get free drinks with it or something. <laughs> there's, there's a really just, weird yeah. camping situation where, because you could like look up earlier where north is and fake this. It's like a yeah, superpower totally. that'd be so easy to fake. Yeah. Or just completely irrelevant. Let's make up another power that we can make this belt for. So we're talking about a sensor that detects which direction is north. The one I've used, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> earlier, like, didn't work very well. That's mm. why I'm, like, I was kind of hesitant on that. I haven't found a good sensor for compassy time, and I haven't needed one, frankly. But there's sensors for distance. There's sensors for um, humidity. Oh, we could do a humidity one, like, it's a certain humidity, and it, vibrates and you'll be able to detect humidity really well then that's i was thinking about one that just like vibrates anytime you're within a certain radius of a walmart yeah and then you'll just sense where walmart's are then you just yeah you'll just know like autumn you'll just learn how to like tell where walmart's are you'll be a walking bargain detector (laughs) walking pretend to bargain detector i wonder if you can do this with like a cell phone towers so you can just sense where cell phone towers and walk towards them and be like captain reception (laughs) get all that get all that extra rona 
Oh yeah. Teleported into your body. Yeah. From the future. Aim your cervix at that 5G antenna so we can get some cervical cancer to mine from you. Aim that cervix. Man. Where is my cervix, Greg? (laughs) (laughs) Tell you when you're older, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) All right. This is a cool one. Um, China has created the first integrated quantum network. Yes. Quantum network. Communication. This is really a big deal. Yeah. It's large, too. It's like uh, stretching. So they use 700 optical or no ground portion is made of 700 optical fibers stretching across 2000 kilometers between Beijing and Shanghai. So uh, the goal of this, I'd imagine, is to do communication faster than light, right? Have you seen if they've been able to pull that off yet? Because that would be killer for trading, right? Yeah, I don't think they're doing... I don't know if they're focusing on speed. It sounded like they're focusing more on, like, security oh, issues with, like, quantum encryption. That's right. So if they have entangled particles on one side and the other, they can know that they have the key to the encryption then. Yeah, and then, so, okay. like, with quantum encryption, if you don't have the key and someone tries to just even observe the message or the to try to crack it, it changes. So it's, yeah. it's impossible to crack it if you don't have the key which makes it really um, important for security in the future. But, yeah, that they built this huge network is pretty rad. Quantum stuff being used at this level, I mean, aside from the fact that there's quantum science in, like, microchips and, and LEDs, mm-hmm. but to see it be used in something as tangible as, like, how a message is encrypted or this possibility of faster-than-light communication sounds so far-fetched that it's just it's so much easier to think that it's, like, some kind of scam and some kind of snake oil that's, uh, but the amount of money going into it and the amount of global researchers like conferring data, like ch- China's not going to waste this much money on something that's uh that they're not trying to sell us as a scam. Yeah, totally. And <laughs> it, even, it even mentions that like other countries are working, like US is working on one. I, I apparently they put um, a plan for it in like July, last July. Wow. To start building a um, quantum network similar to this. And then the plan is that once more countries jump on, they can all link together. Um, yeah, so we'll get... I wonder... I don't know. It just seems so crazy, but, like, when... If we'll see, like... Will we own home, like, quantum computers? Like, PC, quantum PCs-type devices? And what will they be used for? I can imagine, like, okay, some kind of reality prediction could be done quantumly. Uh, some kind of something biological because there's stuff that could be done in the home biologically in the future that we wouldn't even think to miss now. Like we might be in the future uh, looking back and being like, wow, we couldn't even, um, we couldn't even make our own penicillin at home back then. You'd have to like go get it from somebody. <laughs> oh, have like a, the replicator. Yeah. From Star Trek, man. Just, but it only makes penicillin. Like, imagine when you had to get pizza sauce from tomatoes instead of just getting some pizza sauce in the replicator. It's like the cheapest thing to replicate, that pizza sauce. Because I'm always needing that. Which yeah, I have to yeah. run to the store for more pizza sauce if I could just replicate it. Or like some kind of medical procedure. Like, imagine when people just wore glasses and they didn't just, like, look into the 
like, or just get some eye drops from the replicator and like fix their vision right away, or just have the CRISPR dispenser uh, remove that melanoma for you. I want all of it. Let's see if I can say the kind of deep stuff that we normally legendarily say in any other particularly good episode like this one, because, and forgive me for having heard part of this before, at least the whole idea of quantum data being able to be sent faster than light. If you could get a receiver off into the cosmos, say like, I think it's like 60 light, 30, 60 light years away till the nearest fella. I, I want to say alpha Centauri I might be wrong. Might be gobbling all this uh, mix mix a mix a doodle and all this around but there's a, a habitable zone there there's a planet that might be a bonus earth over there but you're talking like 30 years for like light to get over there so if we could go half the speed of light get there 60 years you could get some people to get there in a lifetime but if you're communicating with them faster than light hi, hi, and they're that amount of you know time is distance also Time is part of distance. It's another dimension that we're having to travel through to go over that distance. Is it not time travel to then surpass this dimension of time, but still get this distance? If there's a math between the time and the distance and you've uh, crossed something without the time distance, uh, but you cross this uh, physical distance, didn't you kind of also mess with a time distance like travel through time so to speak with the communication at least i think so i think it would be like a type of time travel because that's like the same theory between or behind like relativistic travel where like if you went off into space yeah. or traveling at the speed of light but everyone on earth is you know if you went out for like 10 years or whatever and come back everyone's going to be aged like 70 years whatever i can't remember the ratio and then but. you can also have uh uh, an existence, a personality, an entity like a consciousness exists as a pattern of data. You can have the entire life of someone as we know them able to be reproduced by an actor based just on like written data about them. Even today, we can bring people back to life from data, from information. If this can be done with information that's transmitted in an instant, you can basically have, although that soul, that consciousness might be in a robot body that was sent there and took a long time to get there, or some kind of flesh body that was grown there, mm -hmm. uh, it would still be the will and the determination and the consciousness and identity of this person transmitted over there to do those tasks and, and live that life over there. Yeah, that's a cool concept, too. I like... Uh like question, like philosophical questions like that. You don't need a matter transporter yeah. if you can transport consciousness and just put it into whatever matter is already there. Yeah, and like the question of like, would it still be you? And I think it would be like if yeah. you could travel. You know, it's just like to me, it's just like waking up because like I, I mean, I hardly remember my dreams, so it feels like, you know, off and on, for me. Yeah. And it would be like a similar thing. Like your brain just rests, but if you have all that data. Um, yeah, put it in a robot, travel the stars. Did you know, and let me see if I can pull up something fresh on this and throw it in the news notes too, because it's a non sequitur, but it relates to this. There are memories that have been stored electronically and put back into mice. We reported on this probably like a good year ago, yeah, yeah. but I'll, I'll relink it in the news notes, which, you know, if you don't like the show enough 
to want what am I going with this? That's a horrible way to start anything. Of course you like the show. <laughs> we like you. But if you're if you're ashamed of the show is where I'm getting to it. And there's people you want to have these news knowledge nuggets, but you don't trust us to not offend them, you can take advantage of our website for free and pay us back with merch sales and sponsor clickies and calling some of these numbers and some of these things that I, you know, I don't want to feel make you feel pressured to do. But you can take do this it. data we've gathered uh, about these mice. Do it. Yeah. Climb in there. Pressure. <laughs> so pressure. these mice memory savings, memory, boy, to type and talk would be something. So, you know, you teach one mouse to do a maze. Another mouse doesn't know this maze at all. You electronically move the maze knowledge from one mouse to the other. Boom, you, you wake up knowing karate. Yeah, man. I can't wait for that. I hope that really happens in uh, our lifetime. It's never looked more plausible. And a big portion of it is just resolution. So if you have a, uh, say, a blindness. If you have a blindness, which shows <laughs> how much I think about what I'm saying before I give the intro. <laughs> You can take a camera and there's already a device where someone puts a thing on their tongue and it's like a dot matrix image of what the camera is showing and they learn to see with this pattern of data going to a different input. Mm -hmm. And uh, Elon Musk's Neuralink situation is a, is a, a leans on like in a nutshell, super oversimplifying, you know, electrodes that have a matrix to them touching some part of the brain and communicating bidirectionally with it. And if you can train your brain to send data through that port and receive data through that port, kind of like having your tongue connect to the visual cortex and use that as a new port that the eyes would normally connect to, then you've got, once there's a port, you've got data transfer and then you're on the way to hacking the firmware. You know, you folks that, like I know you either put Linux on your iPod or you have a, a Nintendo DSI that you can do homebrew from the SD card. Like this is the, this is how you get into that level of things. And we're just talking higher resolution. So if you can get a port with higher resolution, you can get thicker data in and out. And, Hell yeah. and boom, you're, you're waking up speaking Chinese. I wonder how it would like, if you just, if you could like download just books, like fiction books, cause you want to have read that. Like, that would be a weird experience, I feel yeah. like. Because you wouldn't have actually read it, but you felt, felt like you read it, maybe? That's a, that's a thing that comes up a lot in this discussion is the virtual vacation. Mm -hmm. Or the idea that, like, you get this implanted memory, so you wake up with all these great memories of a vacation. I'm kind of haunted by that idea. Because I know how low resolution a memory already is. Like, you remember all these cool parts, and you remember these feelings, and you feel better having done it. But then there's little things that you remember later and things that you talk to someone later and they had that experience and they, mm, mm -hmm. and will you still be able to share that with someone where they'll be like, Hey, remember when you did this? Like, Oh, I forgot. Shoot. I can't believe you reminded me. Yeah, I'm yeah. still removing glass from my foot. <laughs> and would you, would that level work? And would there even be a point if you could just bypass all that and just have a vague memory of feeling better after it? Like what, there's going to be a point where, you just remember like smells and mm -hmm. like a feeling of uh, like oxytocin bonding and 
serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine kind of attachment to some like picture of a sailboat or something and, and just end up living with that feel good of the recharge of a vacation would it be like hollow not having the extra details to it like would there be a competition between this and real vacations and real vacations starting to lose out with the losing your luggage and getting sick and all this i think it would probably like depend on the intense that's like the plot of total recall yeah uh, <laughs> which was written like i think in the 70s or something but uh that dude was a real precog but uh I think it would depend on like the intensity of the memories because we already have like issues with false memories that seem really, really real. Yes. So I think it's entirely possible to be able to like implant memories and they seem real and you where it's like not different from experiencing it. And you can already have false memories. It's just you bring up something heavy with that. That's like, whoa, the the barrier to entry on this isn't as thick as people think. Yeah, because that's like. Just a problem in general. That's mm. why, like, eyewitness reports aren't very yeah. accurate. Well, it's also a problem how little people are taught about schizophrenia and hallucinations in general and how prone literally everyone is to hallucinations. Mm. Like, I thought, no, I never hallucinated anything and then looked into it more and became more aware of it as a thing. And now I'm, like, aware that I probably hallucinate more than most people, but I have no frame of reference because no one even knows how much they're hallucinating on the regular. Yeah, how much totally. they're just incorporating it into regular life. Yeah, because, I mean, just how much information your brain filters out anyway. And, like, sometimes some, some of those ghosts slip in. Ooh, I might have a juicy rant that relates to this slightly. And that's that I feel like, the okay, the premise is that spirituality and science have a place together. Because as we learn about how we function scientifically, we can't let go of the role our our uh, rituals and meditation and things that are normally attached with spiritual situations mm. still play a role in programming our brains. And I think along with that needs to be a respect for uh, scientists and self-declared atheists towards things like, for example, tarot readings, which can be done to communicate with someone's insides. It can be dangerous with someone without the right ability to contextualize uh, randomized information coming at them. But mm. regardless of the randomness or not, uh, even random data contextualized like that can be really uh, good to make parts of your brain talk to each other that don't otherwise to get insight on how you respond to this uh, random data. Uh, or another thing would be um, meditation is a thing. Mm. There's also, okay, well, there's people that can see auras that can see like a colorful glow around someone. And by that color, get a feel for if that person's like good or bad or what their intentions are. We already have built in mechanisms for uh, making these kind of judgment calls uh, subconsciously about people vibe check the whole for someone's continence, uh, countenance, their facial expression, how they carry themselves. Uh, you can see subconsciously if someone's like on the cusp of like snapping or there's something bothering them or they just had a rough day or they're, um, or, or either direct or they're particularly happy. Uh, they just got laid. There's ways you can like see someone's like uh, attitude. And if someone has that data collecting, connecting to their visual cortex and their hallucinating colors, 
what what makes that like not real? Some people can be so discrediting of something like that, but that's like a legit life skill. And just because the person is describing it with hokami language mm-hmm. doesn't mean that there's not a chunk of like value in how they're going about the world that could be benefited from. And that could be like that could also be synesthesia. For sure. Which is like people who mix senses. Yeah, you mix senses around so people like I don't know, numbers have certain textures or you know, certain words have certain textures or colors and people like that's associated with seeing auras and shit too. So Oh, and I bet you a lot of people have some form of this, even though the one mm-hmm. the specific one that John Mayer supposedly has where you see colors with sounds mm-hmm. is relatively rare. Uh I definitely perceive personalities with numbers. Like it's oh, yeah. so much easier for me to store and process numbers if I think about them also as having their like little identities mm-hmm. just the numbers zero through nine like mm-hmm. a, they have like a little personality attached to when i picture them and i'll picture a row of these personalities and i can remember a number better oh yeah that's interesting <laughs> that's what you just make like you only have nine different personality classifications like yeah. that's it there's only nine yeah and, the, right. and i feel when they're together it's like a little community right. like oh you know Eight and nine are next to each other. They're, they've always been next to each other. So it looks like comfortable there. And I'll perceive, oh, there's like a big gap there between this one and this one. Or like, or like my address will have a certain overall feeling. Yeah. From like that set of buddies. All right. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm not making this up. No, I believe you. <laughs> it sounds, sounds totally like the things I say randomly that are false, though. <laughs> um, where was the next one? Wait, I had it. I had it. Oh, yeah, this one. Okay. Uh, oh, we only have a few more minutes to criticize new tech, too. All right. Uh, let's do this one real quick. Yeah, this yeah, one, yeah, this yeah. one won't take too long, and For then we sure. can do the tech. So this is people are sharing uh, science facts that would make you sound unhinged if you shouted them in the street. Oh, this is other great list. Okay, quick stinger, because this is a great segment, y'all. That's a slicey one. So sharks existed before trees. Sharks existed before trees. Which I can have, like, man, I would love to hear people just, like, shouting random shit like this in the middle of the street. Wombats poop cubes. Wombats do actually poop cubes. They're Which not perfect weird. cubes. They look like little dice. Yeah. <laughs> High hands in a dice game, baby. Clack, <laughs> clack, clack, clack. <laughs> Why am I looking? Oh, this is the tech products. I was like, where is the things? Okay. So this is really cool. This is an article on things that make you sound crazy if you shout them out but they're science facts uh i have more arms than the average person that's a good one to yell in the middle of the street that's a great one think about it most of you are going to have more arms than the average person yeah because the average person won't have uh both arms uh, if you do a true proper average it's going to be like a decimal it's like 1.8 arms per person for humans oh there's some other good ones that's a long one Dinosaurs lived on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Just because we've moved through the galaxy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, an orbit is when an object is falling but is going so fast sideways it misses the ground. Yeah, that's a legit way to look at orbiting is, is falling. This is one of my favorite concepts. Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about this over the course of a month in that uh, one show that I should remember the name of, Cosmos. <laughs> Excuse me, a burp's much less gross if you scream in pain while you do it. That's how that works. So if the history of the whole Earth were 12 hours, we would be in the last two seconds, Mm -hmm. would be all of humanity. 
all human history. Yeah, hominids, like anything even remotely human-like, didn't happen until the last two seconds of this 12-hour Earth clock. That that that's a like reverent pause one. <laughs> I like, I like this one. Everything in the entire universe either is, or isn't a duck-billed platypus. <laughs> Mushrooms are more closely related to humans than plants. Uh, now this one is weird. I don't have trouble picturing this one. You could fit all the planets between the Earth and the Moon distance, or the distance between the Earth and the Moon. Yeah, if all the planets touched. They could fit between Earth and the moon. There's so much space between Earth and the Which moon. Which seems crazy. Yeah, the planets Some of the other are, planets seem really, really big. They seem like it. But, but maybe but they're not. What it is is, yeah, Jupiter is humongous, but the distance between the Earth and the moon is around More that humongous. humongous. Yeah, yeah, it's humongous -er. They're all so far away from each other. Oh, check this out. Makes the, me lonely. The chimes of Big Ben, that lonely moon. It's also really weird that the moon is just the right distance in diameter to look about the same diameter as the sun. Like oh, it's yeah. very, uh, but it might be one of those things that like the whole balance of it kind of makes that be like the right ratios. Mm -hmm. The sun's eight light minutes away. The moon is eight light seconds away. There's all these interesting ratios that line up. Yeah. Uh, the chimes of big Ben at 6 PM on radio four are a live feed from a microphone inside the bell chamber. They are transmitted by radio waves to the studio and then to your radio. Radio waves travel, you know, the speed of light almost, and sound has its speed. So you'll hear them on the radio before someone who stood at the bottom of the tower. Oh, wow. So they'll get That's to crazy. your radio quicker than they make it to the bottom of the tower. That's cool. That's sounds, interesting. Sounds so slow. Yeah. What's up with that? Slow ass. Sound is so slow that if you have a large-scale PA system, it's... Uh, standard practice now to actually delay the speed, delay the sound going to your rear speakers mm -hmm. so that you don't get this weird echo of hearing the back ones before the front ones. Yeah. I've been in like smaller places that had that problem. Yeah. We're like, it's yeah, it gets bad quick. It doesn't have to be very far at all. It's a trip. And back in the day, they didn't even bother with that. <laughs> like Woodstock, no one was delaying nothing for the back speakers. Yeah. I'm just like, you get it when you get it. You get that sound all over. Okay, so gets, there's some early tech gadget announcements. We're going into CES era, so we're going to have fun tech for you. But there's some fun tech to mock early. Yeah, well, because we usually do one after, but I felt I saw some articles for a little future reading the future yeah we had to share that with you and give you some early future this jbl has a beautiful amplifier fella that really comes back to some old days it that, looks clean oh, that wood on the side is so gnarly and it looks good. classic yellow screen to match the wood it's just beautiful full silver i mean i would i would have another black accent on this stark silver front it's a little bit too silver on silver for me but it's close it's close to beautiful uh, QLED. We've talked about QLEDs. They're 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 LEDs. <laughs> Three 4K TVs and two 8K TVs. Yeah, that 8K, 8K baby. The Lenovo Yoga Seven all-in-one is kind of interesting. It's an all-in-one computer, but just the rotate, just the screen part. Oh man, if I could get my words in the right order today, <laughs> I'd be a, a changed if man. I could, if I could get the orders in my right words today. Oh. So it, it flips to portrait mode, so you can TikTok in full desk glory. 
Oh, so you can like do vert vertical Ableton? Yeah, exactly. Really easy. Okay, yeah, yeah, dude, vertical Ableton. Yeah, man. All right, sold. It's that that next level Ableton. Code, folks. Sometimes you want to code all tall. For me, I'd rather have two sets of code side by side. One's like known good to help me feel cocky, and then the other one's the code I'm working on. It's so like co <laughs> copy and paste. Or I'll yeah. have the browser on one side yeah. uh, with some stuff I'm copy pasting. I'm, I'm not kidding on that. I want some cocky known good code when I'm going into the void. When I'm get literally void, that's totally a C++ uh, pun. Anyway. <laughs> That's when you start a function. You all learn one more little piece of nugget learning for you. Now you can program. No, really though, programming's not hard. You really just do it. Just do it. Yeah. It's really hard for some people, but a lot of you are mechanical. If you think you can like turn a wrench and uh, deal with a, you know, repair a bicycle or something, you're going to be better at code than, um, than someone that, at least on par with someone that like will solder and do like electronic stuff. That doesn't touch code as much as, like a, a bicycle is closer to code than a circuit board hmm. as far as how it's, how it's going to relate to the mind and stuff. So th there's a divide between code and electronics people. I don't think this is a theory of mine. I don't think there's as big a divide between code and mechanics people, believe it or not. That makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. Being mechanical. I had some other, um, some kind of like AI ish news. Oh yeah. 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 I'll do real quick. So this, First one, which I'm having my trouble, like, why they describe it this way. I don't know if it actually means anything, but it's, uh, so Sony's new AI-powered TVs mimic the human brain, which I'm always, I mean, you should be skeptical of, like, articles like this, because, uh, that sounds pretty far-fetched, um, but it just uses, like, a certain type of processing that, uh, better analyzes how people view images because tvs are much larger so and people tend to zero in on certain areas of the tv so it just uses uh however it does it but it analyzes the focal points of the people watching and helps that to process the image and sounds to make it like optimal and this makes sense because you can do a neural net type of computation mm. especially with a risk chip and something like Sony, they can use an ASIC, which is a chip that you design, or an FPGA uh, with their pricing of it. Uh, it's more likely going to be an ASIC than FPGA. FPGA, it's a field programmable gate array. And it's like a chip that you tell it what kind of chip to be. You tell it, okay, part of you be a processor, part of you be some memory, part of you be a clock, part of you be an in and out. And so you, you, you do this with an FPGA and then oftentimes later make an ASIC, which is just like stamped permanently that way. And you can make this parallel processing situation that does neural net stuff in hardware better than a normal processor that has to do it command by command. Mm -hmm. And that's really good for processing thick, wide data like image data. Mm -hmm. It's really wide. It's a lot of info per frame. Uh, and it's, it comes at you fast. But uh, you don't have to, like, you can't make a choice on, like, per pixel very well. It's too much. Mm. But if you get an overview with a neural net, you can get, like, a vibe off of it. Or, like, where are the eyes? Let's just find where the eyes are. Yeah. Oh, there's eyes here over here. Make those eyes crisper because humans look at eyes. Yeah, yeah. Where's a mouth talking? Let's make that mouth extra crisp. Where's some boring background stuff that's, like, blurry and bokeh anyway? We can, we can tune that out. And YouTube does this. It's part of the MPEG algorithm. When you see someone 
with any kind of like pattern of dots or something, it's always more blocky and, and chunked up because it's too much moving data there. Oh, yeah. It doesn't keep up with it well. Confetti on YouTube is a major problem. If you want to look into this further, just look up confetti on YouTube. It's like a controversial thing. Uh, also, flowing water is another way to test this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the if you've ever looked up the YouTube... I'm not sorry. Netflix has a test video called There's No Crying in Baseball. And you have to know the link to get to it. But it's just an actor repeatedly saying there's no crying in baseball and putting oh, yeah. his hand in a water fountain and just walking and opening a door and just all kinds of boring, normal stuff that mm-hmm. might be in a show that Netflix uses to test their video quality. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's so That's creepy. crazy. <laughs> there's no crying in baseball just over and over again. And then uh, last on the AI tip, this was really interesting actually, but it... Uh, it says, lack of sleep could be a problem for AIs. I had this pulled up already. Good yeah. job. And uh, what they they have like an AI that they're trying to make that mimics um, human brains more than just like traditional AI, I guess. And so they have like sorting AI, which is programmed to sort images it's not familiar with and try to like develop categorizations on its own. Beautiful graphic for it, too. Yeah, but they ran into an issue where if it runs too long, it reduces the accuracy of the sorting. And they find when they put it into a state that is analogous, 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 inaugural, inaugural, analogous, sorry, never mind. You got analog too. Same. Analog Uh, means same. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's similar to sleep um that it refreshes so it's a i don't know it's an interesting idea that like maybe ai gets so similar to human minds that it actually does need sleep which is not what we traditionally think of when like the science fiction version of ai you know it's in biological circles in like mental whatever science time as it's called mm-hmm. there's a lot of confusion about what sleep is actually for because there's some people that can get by with a couple hours. They're rare. Uh, and, and maybe they're more efficient at this step. Like maybe they're like strong, like bodybuilders of the, of the sleep mind. And there's certain brain chemicals that we only replenish in our sleep. But it's more than that. If they were replenished ma- uh, manually, we'd still need sleep. And all these thinking creatures require sleep mm-hmm. uh, with very few exceptions. And if that would be the finally the way we find out, we simulate the process that brains work so thoroughly that we just end up finding out that they need sleep and why yeah <laughs> what a way to find out that'd be crazy. well i think they've like zeroed in more that like i mean it's still not like perfectly understood but sleep is for part of it is for like encoding memory um encoding short-term memory to long-term memory recharging a lot of brain chemicals yeah hey shout out alone in vegas podcast autism leads to invention I'd like to think so does bipolar. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. let's like any kind of mutation is essential and needs to be like treasured and cherished and given reverence, even while we consider what things need to be fixed or whatever. Uh, just something that's a deviation from the norm isn't always broken, especially mentally. Uh, there's yeah, all totally. kinds of great things that are a disorder in that it affects that person's daily functioning 
that also gives them advantages too. Yeah, there's like a lot of a lot of room in the world for those to be used well, effectively. It's, it's like, part of how we function genetically. There's a certain amount of mutations just allowed and then cleaned up after as to, to speed up evolution, to facilitate uh, growth and progress in humanity. We celebrate our rebels when they come up with penicillin and stuff. Penicillin rocks. Yeah, we're so into penicillin right now. Yeah, man. I love penicillin, man. So into it. I just sometimes I just drink a shot. Oh yeah. Just do a little shot. I like penicillin. to age my bread. That's the same thing, right? Yeah, the totally. Fuzzy yeah. breads. Fuzzy breads. Yeah. One minute. What's our one minute send off uh, urgent? Uh, I got two. I didn't get two, but you can check them in the notes. Uh, bacteria wear watches. Apparently, bacteria have some type of internal clock that is linked to the 24-hour uh, cycle of life on Earth. Holy crap. More Japanese research. Holla. And uh, maybe dark matter isn't real. So some research suggests that dark matter isn't real and it's something else. Yes. Or some other force or some other measurement of force that we just don't know. I was talking to a coworker about this, too, that not, not only a force that we don't know, because dark matter isn't matter as we know it. Mm -hmm. Dark energy is similarly controversial. But there's also a theory that uh, one of them, I believe it's dark matter, is just a miscalculation of gravity on that yeah. scale. That there's just a, a way that we're not factoring gravity correctly that's coming up with that number of that seeming like it should be there. Yeah, which is entirely possible. Oh, yeah. Some people get, like, loud about it, too. Yeah. That it's even like, why are we classifying this when we're not learning how to calculate gravity better? Yeah, we don't even, like, fully understand gravity. But then, so. on the other hand, black holes, people are like, we can't have black holes. That doesn't ex There's no way. That's a miscalculation. There's a threshold at the end of the variable that we're not dealing with or something. Yeah, it's been, like, there's been plenty of scientists who, like, were right way before it was confirmed they were yeah. right. Like or they I, didn't even believe that they were right and yeah. like added a variable to counteract. Like a few, um, I'm, probably, I'm sure probably more than a few scientists, like their discoveries weren't recognized till long after they died and they died like poor and their lives were shit. Yeah. But they like have incredible discoveries that like catapulted science forward. But yeah, <laughs> that's it. Suck it. Yeah. And that's it. That's how we this send you off. Now? No, this is our usual go away one. The other one's the like fill time one. I did them in the oh. order. This was a really great uh, now. beginning episode to start the season four episodes in. Yeah, yeah, totally. But nowhere near as good as last episode did. Check it out, Kella. Have to shout out the previous episode and you know the one after this. And if this is your favorite episode, we made it just for you. More Thank power you. To yeah, I'm. I, you know what? I'm content with this one after all. Yeah. And I declare contention. <laughs> I declare contentment. There we go. Stay tuned to RadioVegas.rocks. We've got the Grode Hour with the grungy faucet right after this. You 90s kids want some great grunge throwbacks? Please stick around and get your grungy faucet with us. RadioVegas.rocks. Shout out to Kevin. Love him. Uh, love y'all.